Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Bischoff and Brown right here on the Detroit Lions podcast. He's Scott Bischoff. I'm Russ Brown. We're back um, after a week away. We we did a combine preview, and now we're back with the combine. We're one day into the books. We are currently live watching day two here on a Friday evening at five o'clock. But Scott, my man, how are you? Doing all right. Got a little COVID virus going through the house, and yeah. you know, <clears throat> I was telling uh, we were talking off air. Not that I could remember, you know, five minutes ago what we talked about, but man, the COVID fog thing is like, wow, is it real? So, um, yeah, it's out of you. Yeah, just the memory stuff. Like, um, and I'm getting older, so you know, I would say that might be age. <laughs> Could be. You never know. <laughs> I got something to blame it on, though. <laughs> right? No, no, things are good. Uh, you know, overall, it's good. It's good. I'm happy that we're at the we're it, you know the we're at the combine and. We got free agency kicking off and it's, it just seems to be, we've talked about this like, you know, so fast this year, but it's all good. How are you doing? I'm good. It, it really hit me this week. Like, yeah, we, we are, you know, approaching the draft quickly. It is, it is approaching quickly and I'm starting to feel like days are flying by and I don't know if it's because it's staying daylight a little bit sooner now or a little bit later now. I, I don't know uh, exactly what's going on with it, but uh, just just watching these guys go through the the gauntlet right now, and man, Quinion Mitchell, so fluid out of Toledo. He he is just having a phenomenal combine. He ran a, a 40-yard dash in 4.33 seconds. Like, just pencil him in. Pen, put, you can, might, even, might even put it in pen. Uh, Atlanta, I think, is is his floor at this point, which is crazy, but um, it, it's interesting. Like, how does a dude like that and I, I think he's from the Georgia, Florida area. How does he end up at Toledo? No offense to Toledo, but like, how does that happen? I, 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 he's an elite guy, you know, like he's an elite athlete. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's something on like grades. I don't know if it's something, um, one of those where he's staying loyal and true to the team that started, you know, following yeah. him first. I, I don't know, you know. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe he fell in love with the coach, you know, and 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 wanted to be coached by that guy, and and he's at Toledo, and it's just is that's where he's been, you know. Yeah, knows? I don't know. Yeah, he but, was a three star recruit. Yeah, it's just he's a dude, you know. Like he is, he's a fantastic football player. 
And I did not expect him to test like, I mean, I thought he would be fast, but four, three, three. Really? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see that coming. I thought, you know, four, four, five would be plenty enough for him to be solidly in the top 15, but this was a, this, that was a great time for him. Yeah. No, he, he fell under the radar. I mean, the only really big D1 school that looked at him was Illinois. Uh, he had like Florida Atlantic and stuff like that, but nothing crazy. And I don't know. I think he just remained loyal to Toledo. And and I think it's one of those where I think you got to kind of honor a player like that and really move him up your draft board just off the loyalty aspect, knowing that he could have probably entered the portal after all of this production. I mean, he had 46 pass deflections in two seasons. I, I yeah. would be, I would have been stunned had like a Penn State or maybe even Ohio State if they or Michigan, Michigan State. I mean, they any of those places. Yeah. Yeah, Wisconsin, like somebody in the Big Ten, I feel like would have easily scooped them up. And certainly within like the ACC, like Wake Forest, Duke, I, I don't know, you know, but um, no, he's, a, he's a great player and he's definitely had a great combine. I mean, we're only a day and a half into this. So um, just looking at yesterday, Dallas Turner blew it up. Byron Murphy blew it up. Um, just reading the results from yesterday, anybody that really caught your eye in any way or or any number that really stands out to you i I know for me like the the dallas turner stuff is just ridiculous of what he's able it really was it was remarkable um i know we've talked we talked offline about this but we'll we'll tell everybody anyway um if you think about chop robinson's workout he had a good workout like he had a really good workout but if you if you put his workout together with his measurables you can you get a picture of what a player plays like and it's perfect it, it describes his game to a t yeah and meaning you know uh obviously an elite first step and great quickness and all that stuff but he has very short arms and i don't think he uses his hands very well so you can see in his game that if he doesn't defeat a blocker instantly he struggles to work through contact and you can see the short arms kind of be kind of being a factor for him, right? Yeah. Um, so with him, it, it, the picture is all right. It, it, this guy's going to beat you with quickness and speed, but he's not a real physical player. He's more of a finesse pass rusher, right? And then there's Dallas Turner, who's got, you know, he's shorter. Uh, he was shorter than I thought he would be. Crazy long arms, right? And and powerful. And if you look at it, and if you and it paints a picture for his game too. Because he he pulls out the one arm uh, bull rush move all the time, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, you would do that if your arms were that long. You right. could do that. So it's just funny how it, it kind of works. Um, you know, sometimes when you get measurables and you see a little bit of speed, quickness, and uh, explosion numbers, and how you can you can get that mental image of what a player looks like. Yeah, uh, I thought Braden Fisk from Florida State had a had a great day. Um, the shuttle number for him be, I, I think he was quicker than Aaron Donald's shuttle number, which is nuts. I think Aaron Donald's, uh, 20 yard shuttle was 4.39. The short shuttle was like 4.39. I want to say Fisk ran it yesterday in 4.37. You are correct on Fisk. I'm looking up, um, you are correct on both. Nicely done. So that's, you know, I mean, it's high praise for a, a decently sized player. Obviously dude can move. Yeah, it's just a, it's just you know um, I should be saving this for later for you. 
let's stop talking about this. Um, <clears throat> it, that's a that's a tease in the business. Uh, stay tuned for more on that. <laughs> I you know I thought Je- overall it was a good day for for the D line guys. Um, yeah, I w- I really would have liked to have seen a player like uh, Jerzon Newton work out. I know he's got the foot problem. Yeah. Um, I like what I saw from Byron Young. I think those are those are two guys, and then you throw in fifth. Byron Murphy. Byron, yes. Byron, did I say Byron Young? Byron yeah. Young. Yeah. I'm gonna. That's it's gonna be. We're. Gonna, I'm gonna. <laughs> this is this is what's going on. Um. Did okay. I tell you for the longest time I called Mark Andrews Mark Edwards? No, and I couldn't stop it. I did that for like two years. It's embarrassing. Um. That's okay. Yeah. No, it's a thing. So, um, I guess uh, the point is that 29, I could see the Lions. I really could see them. Ha- like, let's say Newton falls to 29 or yeah, or um, the Texas D-tackle, not the big one, because, you know, that guy, Byron Young. If those guys fall to 29 and you think these are really good football players. They should not be available. And yep. yeah, you don't technically need a three-tech. Really good football players. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I know we d- we talked about Darius Robinson maybe two shows ago or even last week, and I think I think we should talk about him some more. Um, another situation where I think if he's on the board at twenty nine, you know, I almost think that that right now is really where I, I the Lions would run to the podium to take him. Yeah, I think if he is available at twenty nine, so um, I, I you know I thought it was a good day yesterday. I thought the first half of of you know what the corners look like today was good. There's there's plenty of options. Both Florida State guys are good players. Um, I do like I do like Chris Abrams drain more than more than uh, Rake Straw. I do, um, and the fact that they measured similarly uh, body size wise, I think you know if you're telling me if you're telling me you got to take Rake Straw in round one or Chris Abrams drain in round two, I'm gonna do the round two option. Because I just think he's a better coverage player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that Rakestraw hits, and you know I think that the, why the, that's a little bit why the media likes him so much is because he does tackle, right? Yeah. So so there's some of that. But um, what do you think? Yeah. No. I'm look. I agree with everything that you're saying. Um, I I do like uh, just just kind of going off of the corners there real quick. Rakestraw I have at 41 on not uh, on my big board, but Abrams Drain is 51. Just simply because of the physicality piece, like you mentioned, tackling. I, I think, and they even said it on on NFL Network today. Like the tackling piece is so big on the perimeter. You look at Kansas City. That's yeah. what make that's what made them so different. That's why they could blitz. And if ran, if runs got to the perimeter, it didn't matter who was blitzing. And when they got aggressive, because they trusted those corners and defensive backs on the outside. So guys like for me, like Kalen King off uh, Penn State. Don't care what he tests. I think he ran like a four six forty today. He's not a top one hundred player for me. He can't tackle, and there's there's a couple of guys like that. But Abrams Drain, he can tackle from time to time. But his coverage skills, he, he just reminds me so much of Cam Sutton. So I'm with you there. Yeah. Uh, but but I think a player that really fell under the radar yesterday, and a lot of it is because of what Chop Robinson did, because of what Dallas Turner did. Jared Verse. I mean, yeah. thirty one reps in the bench. He ran a four five eight forty. The numbers that he put up were comparable to Miles Garrett. He's not the same player as Miles Garrett, but a lot of his game is speed to power. 
He's got a, I think, a good arsenal of of weapons in his in his pass rush. I think he's one of those guys that is explosive enough off the edge. I think you can do a variety of things with him. I, I don't think he's as you know versatile with his hand usage as um, or as effective with his hand usage as like Latu out of UCLA. But yeah. his ability in the run game and setting the edge is great, and I think it's far greater than Chop Robinson's. Who, yeah, he had a great day. Um, but I'm not going to drool over a defensive end running a four four eight. I'm just, I'm not. Like I know I just talked about versus four five eight, but I, I'm not. Their games are so different. They're like totally different dudes. Yeah, and I've been on this show. I've been on other shows. Like the production is not there for Chop Robinson. And it's not there for a reason. Like it just is. It's it, it it's a thing. Like, and I I understand people want to defend him and say, well, look, he sets the edge. He's he's hitting the tight end on a split zone and all this, but he's not displacing. You know, he's not moving that tight end out of the way completely in the run game and making the tackle. He's just kind of eating up space and taking on a block. Like I could take on a block. You know what I mean? Like a lot of guys can take on a block. You need him to be effective when asked to be effective, and he's just not. So I saw I saw a little bit of the desire to to compare his workout and Micah Parsons' workout together, and it's like, okay, Penn State guys, right? Get right. it. Nothing alike in the way. Nothing. 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 To me, Verse has he has enough heavy handedness and and a, an ability to use his hands. That I have never considered for a second that he would be available to the yeah. Lions at twenty nine, and if and if he was, you know, um, you know, I, I I mean, we're pulling hammies to get to the podium, to right? Scream, to scream his name, so I, you know, but but I I let trade up options, right? Like I mean, yeah. he's a really good football player, and he I know he tested great. It's just uh, it just feels like some of these guys are out of reach, but you know. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, you you never know. Uh, but I'm I, that's what I was going to say. I, I feel like some of these names that we're talking about: Turner, Verse, uh, Quinion Mitchell, Latu, Darius Robinson, and even probably Chop Robinson. I I genuinely think those guys are going to be off the board by the time the Lions are on the clock. I I really do. Um, and you can throw Tyrion Arnold into that mix. I also think kind of the same thing with like a Nate Wiggins. I think those guys are going to be gone now. Wiggins. He ran a four two eight forty today, but potentially potentially pulled his groin or potentially like did something with his yeah. hip flexor. We don't necessarily yeah. know. Um, I he initially came off the field and was talking to a reporter and said like I I think it's my groin. I felt something flare up. I felt something pop. It's on fire. Then it comes out that it's a hip flexor. And I just I want to be clear: a hip flexor and a groin are in two different spots. So. I think there was probably some pushback, like, hey, keep your mouth shut. Don't say anything. Um, you've done enough. Yeah. Well, like, we'll right, like yes, you measured, you you weighed in poorly, but you also ran lightning fast. Yeah. So, but he's, he's like, he's skinny, man. Like, he is skinny. And he is. I don't, I, I like Nate Wiggins. I really do. I think he's a fine player. Uh, but again, one of those guys that might just be gone by the time we get to pick 29. But one player, that will potentially be there. I I think after everything that's going on with the the news about uh, the, the foot injury with Kool Aid McKinstry out of Alabama, he could be a potential fit at pick twenty nine. But he could also be 
a potential fit somewhere on the second day of the draft because all signs are pointing to him potentially dropping out of the first round. And it kind of goes to what has been happening with the Lions in recent years. A few years back, they got Panay Sewell. I thought he was one of the two or three best players in the draft. They got him at seven. I felt like Aiden Hutchinson was one of the best players in the draft. I, I thought he was the best player in the draft. They got him at two, two years ago. Um, you look at what happened with Brian Branch this past year. I, I thought he was a first round pick. They got him at like pick 43. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like some luck goes their way on draft day. And it could be one of those scenarios where Kool-Aid McKinstry falls to their lap at 29 or again, potentially in the second round. And they have some draft capital on day two if they wanted to move up and get him. But What's your thoughts on Kool-Aid at pick 29 or just in general for Detroit? Is he a fit here for us on the tw- on the days of the 2024 NFL draft? Yeah, he's 100% a fit. His play style is, you know, he's he is a in-your-face man coverage player. Um, I would like for him to be more physical. I, I, you know, I would like for him to get his hands on receivers earlier. Um, I think it's it's tough. You know, if you're if you're talking about pure physical press coverage, um, it's hard to find college players that really do that. Like, I'm up in your face, and I am I'm I'm firing hands, and you know uh, I'm going to make you release where I want you to go. You're not going where you want to go, kind of stuff. We're going to disrupt the timing of this route. So that's kind of what Alabama likes their guys to do. And there are there are uh, there's some evidence watching him where obviously um, people like Terry and Arnold more than him. And I think it's just the physicality in which the two play with. I'm not saying McKinstry, I'm not saying he's soft or passive or no, it's just, there are times when, when he'll give a, a receiver a free release or he's not as, he's not as physical as he needs to be or could be. But having said that, he's a really nice match for what the lions do on defense. Is he super explosive? Unfortunately, we're never going to know because mm-hmm. right now he's playing with a fracture in his foot. Obviously, he's going to – I don't know what he's doing as far as um, – I don't think he's doing anything today. No. Obviously, he, he would have run already. He's not doing anything today. But but it sounds like he's going to work out at Alabama's pro day and then have surgery. And it's just like that's a little confusing because you're going to have a – you're not going to have a great workout. So, I mean, I give him credit for doing it and all that stuff and putting some numbers out there, but I think we have to just dismiss, um, you know, there are times when you just have to dismiss whatever the workout numbers are. I mean, it happened with Devin Webb. His film was good enough for him to get drafted very early. So I think with, with Kool-Aid, it's, it's, you know, is this film good enough for him to be drafted at 29? And that I think it is. Now, is it a, a sexy, splashy pick? No, no. But, you know, if they, if they buy into what he is as a player or what he could become, and you don't, it's not like you don't need a home run at 29. You just need a solid player. Yeah. And I think he is at that position. I think he's a solid player. I think he fits for Detroit. You know, whether or not the the foot injury is a, is a thing, I mean, I, that's not a long-term thing, but I think we need to just dismiss whatever the measurables are, you know, whatever the 40, if he runs it, you know, all that stuff, it's going to be, it's tough. Um, but I, I mean, I like his, I like the the fit and I, and I think he's a solid player, mm-hmm. you know, 
I think there's a bunch of ways that pick 29 could end up this year. There are so many ways. Um, yeah. If you're telling me that he falls to you at pick 29 and he turns into a really good pro because he's a really, you know, he's a solid prospect, I, I can I can buy that. I mean, I think you could tell that story. I'd buy it. What do you think? Yeah, I well, I think, you know, with, with Kool-Aid, I had this expectation, right? Like he was, we've been talking about him for a long time because of the name. Everybody knew who he was in recruiting circles. And then you put on the tape and you have this high expectation and he just kind of was here. And it felt like at times he was coasting or going through the motions in certain games. And then you watch like the Tennessee game and he's flying up the field and, and really explosive and dynamic and, and making these physical plays on the perimeter. And I love that. And then you watch him run in stride with receivers. Love that. And then there was just times where, again, he was drifting in, in zone space a little bit uh, or zone coverage and in, in that space. So I, a little concerned with all of that. But really, the biggest concern is just the injury because I know it's, you know, a, a fixable injury with the Jones fracture in his right foot. But it's one of those like, is this something that reoccurs? What is the. The, the possibility or the probability and what's that percentage of it reoccurring down the road or that it flares up and gives him problems. And I just yeah. wonder, do the, do the Lions value that in any way with any players? Because I'm thinking about it and outside of like Levi Ozarike and Josh Pascal, I can't really remember any players that they've selected that's had like any notable medical concerns, but they were both second round picks. So Again, that's why I bring up Kool-Aid because I don't know. I don't think he'd be the guy at pick 29, but with how the Lions are built for this draft with pick 61, 73, and 92, if Kool-Aid falls just a little bit somewhere into that day two range, like in the 40s, do yeah. they move up and get him? And I, I just, that, I don't know. I think about it and I'm like, it feels like a potential chance that that happens because I think between what he can do in man coverage and zone coverage, he can learn cover three if he if he does if he doesn't know it that well. I think man coverage and the cover one stuff he'll be fine. If they implement some quarter stuff, I think you can still be okay there too. So I think he's a fine fit. I just worry about the medical overall, and then just really you know altering the expectation because like we knew, like I said, the expectation was up here. We had to alter it throughout the year and change Would it, it. Stun you. It wouldn't. This would not surprise me a bit. But would it would it stun you if he was available at, at with their first with their second round pick? Uh, it would to me. I think at sixty one. I, I just I think with the the run on corners that we might get in the first and teams that pass on them early in the draft. Like you look at Arizona, they're going to need a corner, but they're probably not going to take one at four. Yeah. Um, you look at the Giants; they could look at a corner. I think the Titans could potentially look at the corner. Uh, Atlanta, if they pass at eight and they still have pick 43, I, I just, I think there's going to be a run on corners, just like there's going to be a run on running backs. What if he and, runs, I know we just said to dismiss it, but what if he runs like four, six, five in the 40? Then I'm out. I'm out. I'm okay. cool. If he ran a four, six, four, six. five, Let's say he runs four, six. I'm out. I'm out. Even in round two. Yeah. Okay. And that just. Tease Tabor has me scarred forever. He ran a four six two, couldn't recover in press man ever. Yeah. And that would worry me with Kool-Aid. And even like just watching the clip of like Tyrion Arnold today, they did the overlay with Tyrion Arnold, Quinion Mitchell, and Nate Wiggins. And after like the 30 yard mark, the 25 yard mark, 
Arnold's back here and those other guys were, you know, up here. And I just think like, okay, there goes the receiver and there's all this separation. They hit him in stride or, you know, in a, in a perfect spot where you can come back to it. There's the flag like that. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I feel like, I don't think the lions are a team that's going to like overvalue the 40 yard dash. And I'm not saying that's the above all be all metric, but there's a reason why they do this. And there's a reason why when you watch the combine, especially with these skilled guys, or, you know, you, you have these, um, GMs and coaches sitting there and writing this stuff down because those times matter to them and yep. it, ma- it matters to the process. So if he ran a four, six or, or higher, I would be, I would be concerned, especially coming off uh, an injury with his lower body, because I feel like with time, that time, that, that, that 40 time is going to get slower a- after a while. Yeah. And it just, to me, he doesn't look like a twitched up super no. fast player. Right. So you know, um, yeah, it makes you wonder, right? Like, what what is his, what what is his forty yard time? And I think that's why I wanted to talk about him because it makes me think, like, where where does he end up going now because of the injury? Could he fall to sixty one? I guess I would just would be a little surprised because of the teams in front of him. I would be surprised too, but it just feels like the Lions are getting so fortunate with <laughs> yeah. some of these these fallers, so to speak. And he would be another one where you thought you would think coming into the year, this is a top 20 player and you get him at the end of round two. Right. And, and you know, I, and you know that there's injury stuff, but um, I think we, we agree. He's a, he's a fit for what the lions do. Not every corner in this draft is. So, um, you know, I think it's a nice fit. Time will tell on him. It's, there's a lot of unknown, uh, and this is where you just got to go back to the film and just, you know, what are his tendencies? What is he, where, where's his misses? How is he going to fail? Or what do you see where, where he won't fail? Where, like, what are the things that he does well? So, yeah. Um, I think he's a fit. I think he's a fit at 29, but you know, I, they have to be comfortable with, with this, in, with this broken bone in his foot. Uh, I don't think it's a great thing to have a Jones fracture in your foot. I think that, I think it's, you know, it's one of those things that do, they could linger. Um, obviously, surgery fix it fixes things, but you know, you're taking a chance. You you would be taking. That's why I think there's a chance he does slip to the to the end of round two range, just because because of the unknown. And also, you you kind of have a static point of what Terry and Arnold ran. And mm-hmm. I think we both, if if I'm picking up what you're putting down on him. I think we think that Terry and Arnold is is a twitchier, faster athlete than yeah. Kool-Aid. So, you know, um it's interesting and it's an it, it's a it's a really interesting thought. With yeah, and, and the thing too with Tyrion is he ran like a four five two today. So it makes you wonder, like, is Kool-Aid a four six guy? I just yeah, I don't know. And and I and I look at the list of guys like that are in the the same area as Kool-Aid when they potentially get to pick 29 or even pick 61. Like we have uh rake straw out of Missouri. We have Abrams drain out of Missouri. We have Sandra still who, who ran really well and did, did some great things today. Max Melton was, was out of his mind today. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and he was somebody that when you look at his time, four, three, nine in the 40, uh, 41 and a half inch vertical, 11, four broad jump, like, that's that's a player that kind of fits, right? That's an athlete. 
That's an athlete, right? Yeah. And he's, he's smart. So they got some more DBs going right now in the 40. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I look at the list of guys in front and around the, the Kool-Aid thing. And I just, I feel like there's going to be some other names that they're going to really like. I think Cam Hart out of Notre Dame could be a third rounder for them that they're going to really like. He just kind of screams a Brad Holmes type of guy. Yeah. So not in in the point of the player fit at pick 29 is not to find every single player that fits it's talking about guys that when you do a mock draft simulator or you talk with your friends or or people in the league these are players that end up being discussed at pick 29 and we got to find the way to to either make them fit or make them not fit and sure i i think we can agree that schematically he fits but realistically not at 29 not at 29 and yeah. I don't see them forcing themselves to take them. And, and again, unless it's one of those where they had them ranked top 10 yeah. or something, I, it, the interview process is key, right? Like we don't know how he's interviewing either. So like if he knocks their socks off in the interview room, then okay, maybe they do get a little aggressive and take them, but I don't think so. But we do have two players that as we shift away from Kool-Aid prospect of the week, powered by restore, you guys already know about our friends. And if you're new here, you, you haven't heard about Restore, well, let me tell you uh, all about uh, Restore Hyper Wellness. You know, maybe you're an athlete, maybe you got kids that are athletes, you're trying to get back into the gym, you're not recovering like you used to. Trust me, I'm not. I know Scott's not. We're all not. But, but, but we got a solution for you. Go check out our friends over at Restore Hyper Wellness here in Northville in Birmingham, Michigan. Look, guys, my son and I both go. We love it. He's a three-sport athlete. I'm in the gym three to four times a week. They got everything you need from compressions to cryotherapy, even specialty services such as IV drip therapy, uh, intermuscular shots, you name it, they got it. Just one visit, you feel better, and they've got you hooked after that. They've got tons of special offers right now, things such as two cryotherapy sessions for 30 bucks. You can save 50% on your first IV and a whole lot more. So go check them out and get a family member, a friend, even yourself, the service you need to restore your body. Tell them I sent you from the Detroit Lions podcast so they can get you taken care of and getting you back to doing more of what you love. Don't wait around. Go check out our friends over at Restore Hyper Wellness now, and you can check them out at restore.com. So prospect of the week, Javon Bowler, defensive back, Georgia. The safety is about to run. Um, he just faulted though. The the safeties are so interesting. Um, I know we're talking prospect of the week, but the safeties are so interesting, and maybe we can talk about that a little bit after this. But prospect of the week, who do you got for us? I know you're going with a Michigan guy, so I know it's going to pique the interest of the audience. Yes, I mean I think, you know, at the end of the day, if you want to, you know, coming out of the the first round of the draft, if the Lions thought to themselves, and as fans we of the Lions, we thought. The Lions got one of the best pure football players in the entire draft uh, today, and I was going to go this way with with Mike Samer still, the corner. And I do think I know he's undersized. I get it all. I get it. But but if you're if we're just talking about one of the best pure football players in the entire draft, he is one of them. Uh, and I know you'd be overdrafting him at at twenty nine. So I chose not. I just wanted to throw him in there because it's. It's something I, I really – it's always something I think people don't pay attention enough to is this is a group of decision makers that just like really good football players. They just do. Mm-hmm. They don't give – they really don't care 
about what what other people think of these players. They, I mean, we've seen that, right? Like positional value be damned, and I, we don't care what you people think. We know what we think, and we're we're comfortable with where we are in our process and all that stuff. So if if it's Sandra Still's name coming out at twenty nine, I'm gonna I'm gonna be very happy because I think he is one of he is one of the best football players in the draft. But I pivoted away from from him just because I think it's an easier to sell uh, to sell Roman Wilson to Lions fans than an undersized corner, right? For a lot of the reasons we just discussed, the Kool Aid thing. There are a lot of corners in this draft who are who are good football players. Um, Roman Wilson is he is he is built different, mm-hmm. and I don't know if people if people know his his, his high school history of having to travel. I mean, this dude's been a pro since, since he entered high school. Right. And, and he is everything that, that has come to him. He's earned. Now I know he's small. Um, I think he's going to tell, he's going to run high four twos, low four threes. Mm -hmm. I'm fascinated to see what he runs tomorrow, Mm -hmm. but from the mental makeup to, the athleticism to the ability to run routes, which is not necessarily something that Michigan displayed much for him. You know, it wasn't Michigan didn't play in the uh, in the SEC needing to score fifty times, a, you know, fifty t- fifty points a game because their defense was giving up forty five a game, and and you know, leaning on a guy like Roman Wilson, that's just that's just not how it went. But he didn't he have like eleven or twelve touchdowns or whatever it was on forty catches, something like that. Yeah. So you know. High leverage player, uh, making high leverage plays, but I, when I when I look at him and I and I know he's redundant a touch to Amon Ra, he's a more explosive version of that. But I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Like, you know, if you if you project Roman Wilson into the Lions' offense, let me let me sell it a different way. If you project Roman Wilson into the Kansas City Chiefs' offense, what does it do for that offense? And I think everybody goes, huh. They'd be a lot more dynamic, and his speed, man, he'd get, he'd get, he'd be kind of a home run hitter for them. Yep, he could do the same thing in Detroit, mm-hmm. and he could open up, you know, with Jamison running and open up parts of the field. He would he would open up large parts of the field for for Amon Ra and for Sam Laporta, and then he would do things for himself. But it's more that he's such a reliable, efficient route runner, on top of being a guy with some just crazy top end speed. So he is the total package. Yeah. Uh, just built in a small frame. So, you know, I know that I can feel eyes rolling, even though it's you and I talking, I can, I can feel that you're going to draft Roman Wilson in the first round. Um, they do have a need there. Now it's yeah. not as big a need as edge or interior offensive line or say cornerback, but you know, he's a dynamic player who's got, a, an incredible story. Um, he is, I mean, he's a pro. He, he is, he is a hard worker. He's, he's everything that you could possibly want. And to me, he screams lions player. He just does the grit and the work and all of that stuff on top of all the athleticism and all of the great stuff that comes with him. Um, you know, Again, I don't think we're absolutely saying that th- this is who we want these the Lions to pick because there's so many. Yeah. But it's just an option, and it's like you know, all the all the big names are going to be gone. R- Romo Dones and and, ha- and Harrison and Neighbors and all these guys are going to be gone. 
But Roman Wilson's electric and yep. he is explosive. And as he he would he would really add an element in their offense that it's not that it's missing, but you know, if you look at Goff's history, he he really likes receivers who are trustworthy and are supposed to be exactly where they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And route runners. Yes, like super efficient route runners that he can trust completely yep. in implicitly and Roman Wilson is that guy and then it's you know dude runs four three yep uh, please who's your guy well and, and Vegas has got uh it, Vegas has got him at, at an over under of a 4.32 in the 40 and much of that is because when he was a ninth grader a ninth grader 13 or 14 years of age he ran uh a hundred meter dash in ten point eight six seconds. There's uh, one that he, it was like pouring rain in Hawaii because that's where he went to high school, and he ran like I think this was like two years later, and he ran like in the ten six range when it was pouring down rain outside. Like that's a wet track. You're not getting all the grip that you need. Just goes to show, and and, and I, I know people are gonna go. This guy, these guys are crazy. Pick twenty nine. Is it really that crazy, though, when you think about what's going on in San Francisco with Brandon Ayuk, depending on what happens there, all the injuries to Debo Samuel, George Kittle's not getting any younger. They need another weapon for Brock Purdy. They went to the Michigan well last year with Ronnie Bell in San Francisco. Do they do it again with Roman Wilson at pick 31? You look at Kansas City at pick 32. We already know what they need. They need pass catchers. You look at Baltimore at 30. I mean, Rashad Bateman is okay, but OBJ was on a one-year deal. Mark Andrews is coming back from injury. Do you need another pass catcher? Probably in that offense. You look in the second round, though. Carolina at 33, what do they need? A guy in the short areas of the field. A guy that can run after the catch. A guy that can run deep and, and is an efficient route runner. It can't be Adam Thielen. It can't be you know just Jonathan Mingo. They need guys at 33. New England at 34. The Chargers at 37, you mean to tell me Jim Harbaugh, if they pass that receiver, Joe Walt in the first round and Roman Wilson at 37, that sounds like a Jim Harbaugh draft to me. I mean, yeah. it really does. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so that you're, I love what you're saying because it's, 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 uh, I'm just backing you up. That's why I love it. <laughs> it's, um, it's not a reach to take him at 29. It's just not. No. He's, no, he, yeah, he's a he's a fine player, man. He he truly is. He is one of the 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 50 55 best players in this draft without question. Uh when you put it all together and some guys are going to just be higher on other teams boards and you're not going to have 29 first round grades on these players. You're going to have 10 to 15 and then you're going to have a bunch of guys and you 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 organize them by how they fit your team and that's how the rank goes. That's what the Lions are going to do. And we got to trust them at what they do at 29. And, and another player that could fit at pick 29 is somebody that blew up the combine yesterday uh, by the name of Braden Fisk out of Florida State, who I know people are going to go, that's nuts. There's no way he's got 31 inch arms. I hear you. I'm with you in that regard. I think, you know, the short arms is something. But I was talking to my guys over at Cover One down at the Senior Bowl, and they pulled up a name that kind of compares to him, Kyle Williams. And you think of like short arms, but he makes it work. He's going to grind. He's explosive. And he, he's just going to fit 
And I feel like Braden Fisk at 29, it, it sounds crazy, but I, I pulled this up yesterday from Next Gen Stats. And on the day of the combine last year, uh, or it was the day the Lions drafted Jack Campbell, but they pulled this also the day that he ran. Campbell earned the highest athleticism score among off-ball linebackers in the in the draft last year with an overall score of 89. He ran the quickest three-cone drill at the position over the last five combines. His overall draft score from Next Gen Stats was 82. His athleticism score was 89, and his production score was 74. For Braden Fisk, they threw it up there as the first defensive tackle to lead his position group in 40-yard dash, vertical jump, and broad jump since Tank Johnson did in 2004. Tank Johnson, former Bear, um, but he... At a uh, he he ran a four seven eight forty. He ran he had a thirty three and a half inch vertical and a, a nine point nine broad jump. He also had a crazy ten yard split. Um, but with it, his production was a seventy seven, around the same as Campbell. Athleticism was eighty nine, the same as Campbell, and his overall draft score is eighty two, same as Jack Campbell. So I'm not saying that this is the protocol and and the threshold that they draft players from, but. It's worth noting because if they end up going that route, it could be a potential threshold and something that they look for, maybe a certain score off of the athletic testing and, and all the analytics. I don't know how much analytic data they use in the in the Lions draft room, but teams do value some of that. And I think the Lions value some of that. So when you think of Braden Fisk, I mean, explosive pass rusher, great first step, high motor, very disruptive. He's versatile. I think he could play as a two-eye, a three-tech. He could bump out to a five if they needed him to. But he just kind of fits what this team is looking for. Experienced player, 58 career games, 40 career starts, former baseball player. Um, you know, he used to throw a fastball at 75 miles an hour. He was a former pitcher. Uh, he started varsity baseball as a freshman. So I, I think he's an interesting player. At six foot three, six foot four, two hundred and ninety-two pounds, a little bit undersized, but the explosiveness, it works. And it showed at the senior bowl. He won down there. It wouldn't surprise me by any means if at pick twenty-nine or even a potential trade down in Ninbraden Fisk, if it's there, if that's the guy. And I I just I, I love what I've seen from him. And I think he is somebody as as a player of the week, seeing what he's done at the combine and then just looking back at his tape. He screams Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes, and a, and a high-level football player for Detroit and probably a lot of other teams. Yeah, and to me, the arm length is, I, I don't, people are going to ding him for the short arms, but playing inside like that, I almost think sometimes if you're, if you're quick, the whole thing inside is who gets their hands on who the, the quickest, mm -hmm. right? So. I don't care that he has short arms. I don't think it matters so much in in his play. Yeah. Right? Like, I just, uh, you know, he wins because he moves different than than other players. He's quicker. So, um, you know, I, I don't think that it matters so much about the arm leg, but, I, you know, he's dynamic. Uh, it's It'll be, he's one of those guys that it's going to be very interesting for, because you, you know how it works. It's at the senior bowl that, you know, you do a bunch of one-on-ones. He was virtually unblockable this year. Yep. Um, it doesn't fully totally translate to, to uh, all right. I, so I'm gonna, as an O line coach, there's some O line bias. The whole thing, the whole one on one thing, is set up for defenders to beat offensive linemen. It just is. 
And when? I say that as an O-line coach. <laughs> right? Like I it, I say uh, way as a D-line coach. Yeah, you know, I mean it's <laughs> hey, uh figure it out, O-line. But right. so it's a there's a little bit of they give them to me, they give them a lot of room to move to work laterally. And a player like Fisk is so quick and he can turn so sharply that if you give him an extra foot to work with to widen a guard. He's going to beat him. Yeah. He just is. And he did that. It's not a, It's not his fault. It's just, you know, over and over at the Senior Bowl, he beat guys one-on-one because he just was quicker, uh, really good hands, powerful, all that stuff. He's He was very difficult to block. So he had a great Senior Bowl week. He has yeah. had, um, I imagine he's no longer in Indy. He had a remarkable couple days at the Combine. What else yeah. can we ask him to do? Right, nothing. He's blown the doors off of of the two opportunities that were presented in front of him, and then is it a matter? It's so then it's it's a matter of does the film match that stuff? Yep. And I think it does. It does. And I think there are moments on the film where it, where it's very obvious it does. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder about Florida State's scheme and what exactly they were asking him to do, and that's that's a part of it too. That if you if you bring Fisk into Detroit. And you just ask him to do the things that he's really good at doing. Mm-hmm. There's enough there where he could be very, very productive. Yeah. And even if that what it's even if that's not individual production for himself, the things he does is disruptive enough that it might just make the players around him significantly more productive. Yes. So that's where does it does it matter who who's getting the pressures? No. If right. if as a group. You know, he's he's really difficult to block. Aline McNeil's difficult to block. Hutch is difficult to block. All that stuff. If you, if, you know, you throw him in the mix and, and if it makes everybody, if it makes everybody's job easier, guess what? Uh, they're getting home sooner and it's easier yeah. for the corners to to stay in coverage because they don't have to stay in coverage as long. So it all ties together. Yep. I, I mean, I like what I saw. If all we're doing is asking these guys to win what's in front of them right now, he, he's done a great job of it, maybe as much as anybody else in the process. He's had a great process. Yeah, and I and I think for a position group where, you know, Johnny Newton up at the top, he's got the, the fracture in his foot that's, you know, and he played on that, which give him credit, all tough as all can be. If he ended up falling to 29, which I think is possible, I think the Lions would be very intrigued by him because I think at this point in the game, Byron Murphy is going to be the first defensive tackle off the board just simply because you're getting a healthy player. You don't have to worry about what if, but Johnny Newton, great tape, but those were the consensus top two interior defensive linemen. And then it was a little bit of a wild card. Was it Devondre Sweat? Was it Chris Jenkins? The biggest thing was Sweat. Can you trust him to keep his weight down in the NFL? 366 pounds. I don't know. I love the tape. Yeah. The tape is great, and the fit here in Detroit would be great. If, he, if they took him at 61, would love it. I don't know if he's going to be there at 61. That's the other thing. But it was just kind of like a wild card after the top two defensive tackles. And I think Braden Fisk has done enough at this point in the game. You could justify taking him in the back end of the first round, early in the second round, but also making him the third, maybe even the second defensive tackle off of the board. Because, like you said, Great pre-draft process, great tape. What are we what are we basing his overall grade on now? Projection? You can't really do that. You have to 
there's a reason why you're grading the player. You can't grade projection. You have yeah. to grade results. And results are he's had great film. He's had a great pre-draft process. So I think he's a he's a top 50 player in the draft at this point. And I, I really think the Lions just makes sense because he's going to be faced with a lot of one-on-one situations. And I don't want to hear Lions fans say, well, he played with Jared Verse, a top 15 player. Well, he's playing with Aiden Hutchinson if he comes to Detroit and Ali McNeil and whoever the other edge rusher is at that time, whether it's Pascal, Houston, Kaminsky, whoever. Yeah. Now you throw Braden Fisk in there. You have two of the most explosive interior defensive linemen in the league just off of their numbers and their tape. So yeah. I, I I think that they would take a liking to a player like this if they wanted to add defensive tackle help, but they feel like that's a need. I still feel like my gut at 29 is going to be an offensive lineman. I just do. But that's probably a conversation for later uh, to the draft. But that that's that's it. That's my prospect of the week. Uh, Braden Fisk out of Florida State. Um, and then Roman Wilson out of Michigan. And of course, check out our friends over at Restore.com. But that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't have uh, very much else other than just the NFL Combine live watch and reactions if we wanted to sit here and talk more ball. But if you're good, I'm good. Whatever you want to do, Javon gonna, Board. Uh, early next week, we wrap up. We'll wrap up um, that the combine itself, mm-hmm. and you know, winners kind of stuff. And then uh, we'll we'll get back on our normal stuff maybe at the end of next week. And that's yeah, I think that'll be good. Cool. Well, look, it's it's always great being able to do this show. We always appreciate everybody's support and 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 generosity, whether it be. Um, the comments, the, the, the rating of, of five stars, whatever it is. But if you haven't done so, please do so by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the Detroit Lions podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other podcast platforms. And of course, follow us on Twitter or X at Russ NFL Draft at Bischoff underscore Scott. Uh, this will do it for the week of the Combine Day 2. Day 3 will be tomorrow with uh, running backs, quarterbacks, and receivers. Sunday is offensive linemen and the special teams guys. So you guys can enjoy all of that. I'm sure there'll be more videos coming out here on the Detroit Lions podcast page. But he's Scott Bischoff. I'm Russ Brown. That'll do it for us right here on the Detroit Lions podcast. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Russ!